This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Recapping Sunday, week 11. Hope it's going well for you, ladies and gentlemen. We had a lot of mega duds today. Hopefully you didn't have them. And Taysom Hill, yeah, he's a big storyline. Plus, we got some tough injuries. Joe Burrow torn ACL. Rex Burkhead torn ACL. And a few more. And a starting quarterback got benched today as well. We'll tell you all about that. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Heath Cummings. Uh, Heath, how's week 11 looking for you? It's been really a real joy just to to see all the things once again that happen that we didn't expect to happen. It's just, I really, it's refreshing the the newness of every week. It's like a completely new league. Yeah. All right, so, so like what? Give me your most surpri- most surprising thing of week 11. I, you don't want me to talk about Taysom Hill before we have the big Taysom Hill section. Is that what you were surprised by? Like how good he was? How how. I'm not going to say necessarily how good, just the way it all transpired. Okay. Dave, how about you? What was the most surprising thing for you in week 11? The most surprising thing for me in week 11 was Melvin Gordon Ah. playing uh, fairly well, getting, you know, the high value touches that we talk about all the time and the Dolphins defense not holding up against Drew Locke and company in Denver. I don't know if that's the biggest surprise. Uh, pretty surprising. A surprise. I think we could also call Kirk Cousins a surprise. Philip Rivers was a surprise. Oh, Ryan Tannehill was a big surprise. Yeah. What about the Red Rifle? He was a surprise, too. But I think everybody knows that Andy Dalton is unstoppable. <laughs> Come on. Well, okay, Cousins is really having a pretty nice year, and now... His his last three games, 26, 21, and 28 fantasy points. He now has six games this year out of 10 with 21 or more fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues. That's startable. And he has five games now with 25 or more fantasy points. That's great. It's, it's good stuff. Go ahead. What do you what do you hate about what I said? I don't hate anything about what you said. Okay. Um <laughs> six like twenty-one, we've we've agreed is not quite top twelve now on a regular basis. I said it's startable. Um, Right, but, but if you you're want six, more. 60% of the time you're a top 15 quarterback. Um that's like it's not his fault. He's playing awesome. Right. It's nothing negative and he's been good lately. It's just like he's still a number 2 quarterback and we're going to struggle to rank him in the top 12 even when he gets on a hot streak like this. Okay, so then let's talk about a guy who's obviously a top 5 quarterback rest of season, Taysom Hill. JK, ah. JK, but 18 of 23, 233 yards, did not throw a touchdown, but he ran for two. He scored 24 fantasy points against the Atlanta Falcons in six point, oh, in six point and four point for passing touchdown leagues because he didn't have a passing yeah. touchdown about that. Uh, pretty, pretty good. And here's a Heath, believe it or not, believe it or not, you should start Taysom Hill over Lamar Jackson until Drew Brees returns. Jackson with 18 fantasy points today. And Hill with 24. And for Jackson, that is eight, 17 or 18 fantasy points in three of his last four games. Uh, Dave, do you believe it? You should start Taysom Hill over Lamar Jackson until Drew Brees returns. I'd prefer to take it week to week, but if I really had to put a blanket statement on it, I would believe it. I know next week that Baltimore's got the Steelers. That's not going to be easy. And it's Denver for New Orleans and then Atlanta after that. I could see Taysom Hill keep this going. I might even see him throw a, a touchdown. That would be amazing. <laughs> Heath, you believe it? You should start Hill over Jackson. 
this won't surprise anyone, but I'm not quite there yet. Um, And it's been a frustrating year for Lamar Jackson. I think the one thing, and I kudos to Dave to rank for ranking uh, Taysom Hill um, where I had him projected. I, I dropped him down quite a bit because I was scared and he didn't, he played the whole time. Jameis Winston never sniffed the field, but like comparing this to what we could expect from Taysom Hill moving forward. And I'll say this with the disclaimer that he gets the Falcons again in week 13. He scored 24 fantasy points against the Falcons. All but two quarterbacks they've faced have scored 24 fantasy points. He scored 80% of what the average quarterback has scored against the Falcons this season. The Broncos allow 21 fantasy points per game. If he scores 80% of that, you're not going to be very happy with starting Taysom Hill. Question, does it matter to you that he had, I don't know how many yards it was, 40, 50-yard touchdown pass to Emmanuel Sanders call back on a hold? Does that matter at all? I'm not downgrading him. I'm no, just no, saying I, I'm it d- was- but. I'm just, I'm not trying to pick apart what you said. I, I just do, mean, do, I have a hard time. It's not that it doesn't matter to me. I have a hard time factoring that in because I know that I don't factor in every almost touchdown that gets called back. I certainly <laughs> miss a lot. And so it seemed unfair to factor it in for Taysom Hill just because you saw that one. No, no. So uh, I, okay. Okay. Yeah. I watched every throw he made today and I thought he made maybe two bad throws all game. One of them was the deep ball that he did connect with and that did count to Emmanuel Sanders. It was that underthrown. Was it was a helium balloon. It was gross. And the, and the other one that didn't count was a much better throw. And then I think he had one other throw uh, like to the outside that was a lawn dart. Well, don't but forget about don't that, forget about the slant he threw toward the end zone that should have been intercepted. I thought there were more than I, I'm surprised that you only found two because he should have thrown an interception right by the goal line um, early Which in play the game. Was that? He was looking for Michael Thomas, of course, because that's the only guy he looked that's, for. Yeah, right. That's, um, that's he, he, it was like a slant on third and goal, I believe, and it should have been might picked. Be right. You might be right. That could have been another one. But there weren't a lot. And he was 18 of 23. It was a pretty simple passing doctrine that they had. And I actually thought he would have run more than he did. He didn't really run that much. So I'm, I, I, I think there's plenty there and a lot to look forward to. And the one other thing he didn't do in this game that we could see moving forward is use him with Alvin Kamara in the passing game. Kamara had one target, and I think it's his first game in like three years or something ever. like that where he didn't have a catch. Ever. Ever. First game first ever. Game ever for Alvin Kamara where he didn't have a reception. <laughs> so I think Crazy. I think there's room for Taysom Hill to grow and get a little bit better. The fact that he wasn't sloppy entirely with the football makes me a little bit encouraged that, yeah, maybe he could be somebody that ends up doing some good stuff here in the next couple of weeks. All right. Let's uh, tell everybody to watch on YouTube. A lot of fun. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. Check it out. Uh, And let's tell everybody about the big news. Joe Burrow is out for the season with a torn ACL. Ryan Finley replaced him in three games last season. Ryan Finley was horrible. Now, look, he faced the Steelers and the Ravens in two of those three games. He was a rookie. He didn't have A.J. Green. He didn't have T. Higgins, but he was horrible. And Tyler Boyd had one great game, one eh, game, and one awful game in those three. Uh, more on that a little bit later. Other news, Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't know if we have any other serious injuries other than Burkhead, but Juju hobbled off in the fourth quarter. 
It was a blowout. Tua got benched. He's going to start next week at the Jets, but they were looking for a little spark in the fourth quarter, and they almost got it, but Tannehill threw an interception in the end zone. Uh, not Tannehill, sorry. Oh, that's their old, old, old quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, Phillip Rivers was shaken up. But he finished the game. John U. Smith left, then he returned ankle injury. Yeah. We had a ton of scares. Julio, like, I think, is, Julio is, is the other one. Julio's hurt. Yeah, for he, sure. He's hurt. Yeah. Um, um, you got to watch him. Uh, I think he gutted it out to, to come back and play when the Falcons were down big, but I didn't think he was running at 100%. He was gimpy after a couple of catches that he made. Absolutely, yeah. But Dalvin Cook got shaken up. Kalen Balaj limped off at one point and came back. Savan Ahmed had a shoulder. He had to come back. Uh, Derek yeah. Henry. Yep. And, uh, and Balaj. Balaj, actually, Dave, left like with a minute left in the game. And didn't come back. Yeah, he also got hurt on the first play of the game, I believe. Yeah, right, right. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Right. So he got hurt twice. So we'll check on yeah. him. He had seven catches. They're at Buffalo next week. Oh, LaMichael Pirine. He left with an injury and he did not come back. So uh, there. that's pretty much it. Josh Allen for the Jaguars. He left in the second half. Some other notes here. Oh, Fletcher Cox got hurt. Keep an eye on that one. Amazing defensive tackle for the Eagles. Jason Kelsey left with an arm injury and then came back in to play for Philadelphia. Uh, there may have been, I don't know if you guys caught this, but so Nick Chubb was on the sideline in the first quarter. Kareem Hunt got three carries, uh, I think first and goal, third and goal and fourth and goal from the one or the two yard line and didn't get in on any of them. Uh, they were talking about it on the broadcast. I think there might've been like an equipment reason or something why Chubb wasn't in the game. And could it have been a contact. It could have been, it could have been. Okay. Uh, and then later in the game, First and goal from the one after a really long Nick Chubb uh, run. And I think it was from the five. And Hunt came in for that. And then he scored on second down. So if you watched that game, you saw it transpire, you saw the box score, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, Kareem Hunt is the goal line back. I would not jump to that conclusion. Uh, yes, he did. Thank you, Schrager and to Dave. Lost contact lens. So I think that was the reason for the first time. The second time Hunt was in near the goal line, it was because Chubb just had a really long run. I'm not saying Hunt will never be in there, but that was those were the circumstances. I don't know. Like last game, he ran out of bounds to prevent scoring a touchdown. Maybe he just doesn't <laughs> like scoring touchdowns anymore. He's a lock for 100 yards, though. He's pretty incredible. Uh, Randall Cobb and Kenny Stills also left with injuries. Terry McLaurin had more than half of Washington's receiving yards, and Baker Mayfield has scored five to six fantasy points in four of his last five games. OMG. All right, let's get to... Let's get to Believe It or Not. Let's do it. Believe it or not... The Bengals are droppable. Ouch. This is, um, this is from Heath, I, by the way. I'm simply reading Heath's. Go ahead. Yeah. Am I supposed to answer these first or you guys answer these first? Dave answers. That's what I thought. The They've Bengals got the Giants and then the Dolphins and then the Cowboys. I have a hard time believing that they will all be terrible, but Ryan Finley is a miserable quarterback. I think it's going to hurt Higgins and Green the most. I'm not going to say to drop those guys. Yeah, you might drop AJ Green. Geo is going to be downgraded to a low end number two running back. Boyd, a low end number two wide receiver, maybe more of a flex and non PPR. Higgins in the flex range. It's going to get ugly. What a bummer. Heath, Big bummer. believe it or not, the Bengals are droppable. Yeah, I, I mostly agree with what Dave said. Um, Tyler Boyd's the one I'm most interested in, in holding on to. And I, I think you need to hold on to Geo as well. Higgins, man, this could be a really bad, like almost everything Finley did last year from my recollection and from like what the target data would say was 
over the middle and short over the, like he was not taking a lot of shots and obviously didn't have the offensive line to take a lot of shots. So I, I'm a little worried about Higgins, but I'd li- I'll hold him for a while. Okay. And uh, they score the Bengals in the three games that Ryan Finley started scored 10, 10 and 13 points. It, and the only thing I would say, like in fairness to Ryan Finley, it was Baltimore, Pittsburgh and the Raiders. Yeah. So two of those games, he faced a really good defense. All right, believe it or not, Andy Dalton makes Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb starts again. Dalton, 203 yards uh, and three touchdowns. Lamb caught one of them, and Cooper had 81 yards on seven targets. So believe it or not, Dalton makes Cooper and Lamb starts again. That's an easy one to believe. I believe also that they are now tied for the lead in targets from Andy Dalton with 25 apiece in the games that Andy Dalton has played so far this season. I think that's good. And the schedule coming up for the Dallas Cowboys after their game against Minnesota, it's Washington. Then at Baltimore, that'll be that'll be rough. At Cincinnati, San Francisco, Philly in Week 16. Most of those games, I think you'll be really confident to start Lamb and Cooper. Heath? Yeah, I uh, feel really good about them. I feel much better about Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, Michael Gallup should have had a decent game today. He just could not catch anything thrown his way. Um, Dalton Schultz even got into the end zone. This, I, I feel like I know I've always been a little bit higher on Andy Dalton than I should have been, but I kind of feel like he saved the Cowboys fantasy season. You know who what saved the Cowboys fantasy season was the offensive line. I thought the O-line played a lot better. Compared just, to some earlier every games. time Andy Dalton does something good, we just can't even give him a little <laughs> bit. No, of no, 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 no. Please don't take that to don't don't take that the wrong way. I think Andy Dalton was great. A lot of their passes were like, you know, there were there were like three catches in a row to Amari Cooper to end the half that I thought like really dictated what Andy Dalton was good at, which is short, quick passes that are accurate. And then he's willing to throw deep and take chances. And his offensive line protected him to let him do those things. A couple of weeks ago. That wasn't happening, and Andy Dalton, you know, had got hurt because of it. Mm-hmm. Well, why so confident in CeeDee Lamb? He had four catches for 34 yards and a touchdown. He also had a little bit of rushing production oh, and I a two-point conversion. Touchdown. Oh, it was a tremendous catch. But if he doesn't make, he doesn't make an amazing catch. Has two amazing catches, two of them. If the, if, them. if Lamb doesn't make an amazing touchdown catch, we're definitely not talking about how confident we are in CeeDee Lamb. And we would probably say, well, he's still usable. But Amari Cooper is still the number one guy. And I think we will still continue to rank Cooper. I, can't, I won't speak for Heath. Maybe Heath likes Lamb better. But Cooper will still be the, the receiver in Dallas that we would trust more than Lamb. It, yeah, it's kind of one of those situations where, like, Justin Jefferson's going to have some games where he has 40 yards receiving. We know that. Um, Chase Claypool is going to have some more of those games. Like, those dudes are just really good. And Lamb might be the best of them all. And if you just take out the Ben DiNucci, Garrett Gilbert era of the season and look at what C.D. Lamb, look at his game log, that's a starting fantasy wide receiver. For sure. All right. Believe it or not. Oh, by the way, it's time for a fun update on the NFC East standings. Mm. Philadelphia Eagles are in first place at three, six and one in a three way tie for second place at three and seven. The Giants, the football team and the Dallas Cowboys. Three, six, and one, and everyone else is three and seven. What Who do you guys think world? the best team in the NFC East is? I honestly don't I, know. I I think it could be the Giants. Their offensive line's playing better. Their defense has been playing 
moderately well. Don't tell their offensive long. line coach that, Dave. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> no, he thought they were playing well. That was the problem. Joe right, Judge right. was he calling them out. Too well. Don't tell Joe them. Judge that, I guess. Um, I really want it to be the football team. That'd be a fun story. I think it's the Eagles if they get any any quarterback play, but they might need to make a change because Carson their offensive Wentz offensive line is is in trouble, awful, and Wentz was also awful, <sighs> partially because of it. He Carson Wentz might he he might be. He might be the worst quarterback in football. It's not Philip Rivers. I can tell you that much. Philip Rivers is balling right now. You're gonna take that one back. I'm gonna take that one back. I think it, I, I think it's probably one of the NFC East quarterbacks. I think it's Nick Foles actually. All right, uh, Jonathan he's Taylor. Not, he didn't start every game this season. He's yeah, the he might in, not be their starter. He's the intended start. The Bears' starting quarterback is probably the worst in football. The only reason he's the Bears' starting quarterback is because Trubisky's hurts. Um, no, but, that's not true. Okay, ready? Last one. Believe it or not, Jonathan Taylor will be a top 15 running back rest of the season. This was the stupidest thing. Like, I, I just so annoying. He got 22 carries. Naheem Hines did not have one carry in the game. Unbelievable. Wait a minute. Naheem Hines? Yeah. He had six carries. He did? I thought he had catches. He had I don't six think he had carries for two yards. Oh, what? Yeah, he had some carries inside the five for sure. I think he's their oh, goal line. Oh gosh, the box score wasn't updated. <laughs> All right, you know because I uh, because I think I I looked at the box score like right after the game ended and it was not updated. I just like Tom Rathman. I want to picture him just giggling. Stupid box score. Thinking Sorry. about all the touches he's going to give to Jonathan Taylor. I'm shocked this happened. I'm shocked that Naheem Hines, after a two touchdown game, didn't come back with 15 plus touches. Every other time he scored shocked two touchdowns. Oh, this this is actually, I think, I believe, this is like the Tyler Lockett thing, Adam. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I All think right. this was his best game ever after scoring two touchdowns. So so then, yeah, so buy or, <laughs> or believe it or not, Jonathan Taylor is a top 15 running back rest of season. I don't believe he will be top 15, but top 20 to 24-ish, sure. Um. Yeah, I think he's probably going to be top 15. And he wasn't, I sent this in like in the middle of the third quarter. I think he already had 75 or 80 yards or something. And the, the second portion of the game wasn't as good for him. And this was obviously a really bad run defense, but he's going to face the Titans and the Texans and the Raiders and the Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Pittsburgh Steelers. But like just, a, we keep saying this. The Colts schedule coming up is really easy. That's because, for the most part, the whole season, based on the defenses they're facing, the Colts schedule is pretty easy. I didn't watch the first three and a half quarters of this game yet. Was there evidence in the game that Jonathan Taylor was starting to play freely? No, no. Okay. His best run was called back. It was a beautiful touchdown run, got called back. He was pretty good on that, yeah. I didn't think he looked like he'd figured it out, though. No, I mean, again, it's 22 carries for 90 yards. It's it's a long of 18. They still don't have a run longer than 21 yards, any of the running backs this year. They're just not getting explosive plays. Um, and this it, was arguably like, the, you know, one of the worst run defenses in football, too. His indecision behind line of scrimmage is literally crippling. Like, he almost falls down sometimes because he can't quite decide where he's going to go. But why are you thinking he's going to be top 15 when every week they, they do something new? Three weeks ago, well, four weeks ago, it was really Jordan Wilkins. every week they do something new. Like they had a little stretch here where Jonathan Taylor fumbled in one game and played really poorly, and Naeem Hines got a hot hand. But they've no, but kind what of about, said, what about Jordan Dave, Wilkins? correct me if I'm wrong, 
They're go going ahead. to give the first series or two to Jonathan Taylor, and then they're going to go with the hot hand approach after that. I don't. I don't believe they even said that today. I mean, the report. No, not today. On they had said that before. In before the past, today. I don't remember even hearing that. I think they don't really. I, I think their plan is going to be the same regardless of opponent, game in, game out. Which is, they're they're clearly not comfortable making Naheem Hines their main running back. He's too small. They want to save him for the passing downs. Taylor is the one they drafted. They invested in. The coaches obviously want to see him break out. There are little signs of it here or there. The touchdown being called back, that's a sign that he's getting close. They want that to happen because I think in their minds, if they can get that run game going and make it dominant, they're convinced that they've got a passing game with Phillip Rivers. They can contend for the Super Bowl if they can get Jonathan Taylor going and I bet the coaches think they're that close. Like they're so close to getting him um, to become an effective runner. I, I believe every game they're going to use Taylor as the rushing downs guy. Hines as their passing downs guy. Well, this was the third game out of 10 that he had more than 13 carries, Jonathan Taylor, you know? So how many carries did Jordan Wilkins have? I mean, I didn't even know how many carries Naeem Hines had. So I don't know why I asked. He had four. But he also had, but like, I like it that. is the it is the fourth game out of ten with thirteen. He also had two others with twelve. No, but I was saying um, that he has only had three with more than thirteen. They could have 10. given an even split to Wilkins and Taylor, and we could be talking about Taylor with another game with thirteen carries, and then Wilkins would have another thirteen, right? But instead, it was twenty-two for Taylor and four for. Wilkins. And how many catches did he have in this game? That's the other thing that is worth bringing up: four targets, four catches. Now, if that were to continue, he'd, he had always been getting a couple of catches per game. Yeah. But if, if they can give him a little bit more in the passing game, and they should, he's good in that area. I hope it happens. He, then he could be a top 15 running back. Okay. Rest of season, Jonathan Taylor or Ezekiel Elliott? Zeke. Still Zeke. Jonathan Taylor or Geo? Taylor. That kind of just came out yeah. of my mouth. Oh, yeah. Taylor. thinking. But I, I believe I mean, it. it could be it could be ta- it could be Geo for the rest of the year or at least most yeah. of it. Um, all right, last one: Jonathan Taylor or Eckler? I don't know when Eckler's coming back. Yeah, I'm gonna go Taylor. Yeah, I I hate to say it, but yeah. Okay, I mean, there was a report that he's expected back in Week 12. There but, is a beat writer who expects him back in Week 12. Yeah, well, that, that's more than that. <laughs> That's more than me. All right, we, like if you go they to his player, if if Balaj is hurt, if you go to his player page, that's our first report. The the athletic Daniel Popper of the Athletic expects him to return in week twelve. That was that would be great. In that case, ago. I think I'd probably take Eckler. All right, guys. Um, I'll tell you what you should take is Butcher Box. Holy cow, you're not going to believe how delicious the meat in Butcher Box is. And not everyone has convenient access to high quality meat. So let's forget about the taste just for now. This is high-quality stuff. This is 100% grass-fed finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage breed, uh, heritage breed pork, wild-caught salmon. You can't find this at the grocery store. You go walking around the grocery store looking for this stuff. You go asking someone at the grocery store. They're going to laugh you out of here. It's like, leave. We don't have it here. Go online and go to Butcher Box. And what you should do now if you want a gigantic box of meat that is unbelievably delicious and you know sourced the right way, you're going to go to butcherbox.com slash FFT, butcherbox.com slash FFT. If you're a new member for a limited time, take advantage of this. Get six free grass-fed, grass-finished steaks. When they go to butcherbox.com slash FFT, excuse me, six free grass-fed, grass-finished steaks. 
grass-finished steaks. It's a tongue twister, people, but it's delicious. I'm telling you, I got a butcher box. But it box. tastes great yeah, on your does. tongue. There you go. About a year ago, um, the chicken was the best chicken that I, I mean, maybe I've gone to some restaurants or something, like, but in terms of just chicken that I bought at the grocery store or delivered to me, the best I'd ever had. The ground, the pork was terrific. I mean, this stuff was so good. The ground beef, amazing. Um, you are going to absolutely love it. Just sign up, select your box, and they ship it right to your door every month. Um, and got the steak sampler that I just talked about for anybody who's new here. So yeah, this is nine to 11 pounds of meat. That's enough for 24 individual meals. I'm going to stop talking about it. You get on butcherbox.com slash FFT and make it happen right now. Two New York strips, four top sirloins added to your first box for free. Act quickly. This offer is only good through Cyber Monday. Get on it now. Butcherbox.com slash FFT. All right, almost touchdowns you need to know about. Brandon Cooks had a touchdown call back. A.J. Green had two end zone targets in the first half. He caught one of them. Deontay Johnson had an almost touchdown that led to a Benny Snell touchdown run from about the one-yard line. That was weird. Lamar Jackson had a touchdown pass overturned. It got called back to about the half-yard line. J.K. Dobbins punched it in. Dobbins we're about to talk about. Big winner today. Emmanuel Sanders, long touchdown callback. Uh, Keenan Allen fumbled at the goal line. Amari Cooper was tackled at the one-yard line. And Jonathan Taylor had a 20-plus-yard run called back on a hold. So some guys who had good games could have had even bigger games, if not for the almost touchdown. All right, winners. Dave, J.K. Dobbins. This is the story of the day, perhaps. This 15, is the story of the day? I think this so. This is a story of the day. I think it's the story of the day. Then why are we talking about it 20 minutes into the podcast? Failure. Should have led with it. Failure on my part. 25 minutes, in fact. 15 carries, 70 yards, and a touch. Two catches, 15 yards. He's a winner for you. Is he a must-start running back now? I think you should be encouraged to start J.K. Dobbins, including next week against the Steelers. The one thing that we saw going into this game was that the Ravens preferred to use Dobbins in pass-down situations. They're probably going to be in a bunch of pass-down situations against the Steelers. Now, whether that means a big uptick in targets remains to be seen, but at least he's on the field. And it it was hard coming into this week, figuring out which Ravens running back would be on the field in in each situation. And this game, JLC talked about it a week ago that Dobbins was going to emerge. And then he didn't emerge against the Patriots. And everybody said, what the hell? Well, he's emerged now. He's good. You should strongly think about starting him. And what about Mark Andrews? Also a winner for you. I love that he got more involved in the passing game, loved the touchdown that he had. And I think that that's part of the key to kind of unlocking Lamar Jackson. I think the Ravens have realized that Marquise Brown just isn't going to be a guy that can be their number one. And Andrews can be their number one. Okay. So let me go back to Dobbins real quick. Because, you know, not only did he have the the 15 carries, 10 of them came in the first half, I believe. Yeah. Um, Gus Edwards had three carries. Mark Ingram had two carries. So it was, it was all Dobbins. He got the goal line score. So Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor, rest of season. And why Taylor? Because <laughs> I know that's what you're going to say. I don't know if I'm going to say Taylor. Oh. If, if, if Dobbins is going to... Do I really believe that Dobbins can continue to get this kind of work and start getting an uptick in the passing game? Because he's really only getting about a couple of targets per game. I think I'm going to say Taylor. Okay, how about you, Heath? Because we're more secure in in his role. All right, let's go to Heath's winners. Michael Pittman is a winner. 66 yards and a touchdown. 
Just going to check, make sure I have the score, the box he, score right. Three targets, is that correct? Three for well, 66? Well, again, these were sent in uh, in the middle of that game. He didn't get another target after I sent these in. Oh. But st- again, I still think he's a winner because he's reinforcing in the minds of everyone who has consumed any Colts football at all. He's their best wide receiver. And he continues to perform like this. I believe his targets are going to go up on a more consistent basis. They He had 15 targets in his last two games. What the hell, Frank and Phil, that you're only giving him three targets in this game? But he's, you know what? He got a bad circumstances and he overcame. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to see it. And that means that you ran down that schedule earlier of what the Colts have coming should mean some good things for Michael Pittman. I think he's their best receiver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, uh, is he the best rookie wide receiver? Let's keep now. No, no, but he's he, he's the it's, best rookie receiver in Indianapolis. Not T. Higgins anymore. Uh, so he's forty four percent rostered. This might be your number one waiver wire priority. Yep, could be. Um, Taysom Hill didn't get to sixty five percent before this week. He's at sixty three. Yeah. Okay. So Heath, you have Devontae Parker as a winner. Six catches, sixty one yards, and a touchdown on nine targets. Yeah, I was going to do a tongue-in-cheek thing because Ryan Fitzpatrick's back as the starting quarterback. But uh, then before we could even get the podcast off, Brian Flores comes out and says two is still the starter. <laughs> it's like he couldn't wait to run to the microphone. Hold on, everybody. Yeah, I don't want you to think <laughs> old man is going back in the spot. closet. Two is still going to be there. Like if Fitzpatrick plays that whole game, the Dolphins win, right? Oh, I don't know. He he was not playing well today. I, well, I they win. Tua was not playing well today. Tua Tungavailoa did not have a right. good game. The Broncos pass rush was clearly bothering him. Yeah. Um, he had an amazing but, but throw he, to Devontae, Devontae Parker. Parker did did score his touchdown with Tua. Um, so, like, there was a positive there a as well. Great throw but, and a great catch. Yeah. They've okay. been practicing that one because so, they, they were close to hooking up last week on a throw similar to that. Well, so what's what's the key? The the whole thing was about Fitzpatrick, Keith. That was the whole thing. It was okay. All right, then let's go to the <laughs> let's go to the losers. <laughs> Devontae Parker's a loser. Now, uh, no. Heath's losers are Alvin Kamara, who did not have a catch for the first time in his career. Oh, Heath and DJ Chark. Oh, Heath, you got oh Heathed about Alvin <laughs> Kamara. Alvin Kamara's a loser. We're not going to start him anymore. Oh, is that's, that the same thing, Dave? Is that the same when thing? I, when exactly, I send in the I, winners I think if you look up in the dictionary, loser, um, it says synonym, not going to start them anymore. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Drop him. Drop um, him. I no. think when, when I send in winners, I'm sorry, Heath, but when I send in winners and losers, I think the winners get like a stock up and the losers get a stock down. It doesn't mean they're out yeah, and out six. Right, but there's you from from number one. There are many levels to stock down <laughs> to before you get to sit. Okay. I'm curious to hear where Alvin Kamara's stock is falling to if he's not one. If, if like, he was he one. didn't have a catch in this game. He had one target in this game. We've talked and we didn't really talk about it with Taysom Hill, I guess. Um, but we it's widely accepted with all other mobile quarterbacks that they don't throw to their running backs to the same rate that immobile quarterbacks do. Um, Taysom Hill was good enough in this game that I don't think they're going to go to Jameis Winston anytime soon. So if Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback, I don't think Alvin Kamara is going to challenge Christian McCaffrey's record or get 10 targets a game anymore. I'm not sure he's going to get five. Not only that, he's not a workhorse rusher. 
Latavius Murray gets, you know, probably about 10 carries a game. Alvin Kamara doesn't get that many more carries. So, look, he scored, and he's amazing. But, uh, yeah, it was it was disappointing. I don't know if I'm even going to ask you, Kamara, or this guy, rest of I guess I can. Kamara, um, Kamara, oh, who? No. Cook. Cook. Did you say Zeke? I said no. Zeke, but I don't mean it. Okay. No. Okay, you'll take Cook over Kamara. How about McCaffrey? Not knowing when he could come back. Maybe it's next week. McCaffrey or Kamara? Kamara. If McCaffrey for sure came back next week, I would say McCaffrey. Even though he has a bye. Yeah. Um, I would take Derrick Henry for sure in non-PPR. Okay. Um, And your other loser is DJ Chark. Are we now at the sit DJ Chark part? Uh stage i think we may have reached the sit dj like he still stays in that um like upsides hard to bench but i like what we should be if if gardner Minshew is healthy he should be the starting quarterback again jake luton's not good i agree and that would be great for dj chark too it was lonely here on but the i don't know dj, DJ chark's Chark the, kind of the guy that got him benched Oh, oh, that's kind of Mike true. Lennon. They had let's, bad. Let's put him in there. Bad chemistry. <laughs> All right, let's go to Dave's losers. I was being serious. T. Higgins and Duke John Duke Johnson. What on earth, dude? He's we get fooled by him way too often. Uh, I I think we should have people ridicule us on Twitter over Duke Johnson. So now that you've heard this, pause the podcast. No. Send out a mean tweet to all of us. You guys, I thought you all were too low on Duke Johnson. If anyone should be ridiculed, it's me. So good for you for not having him like in Please your top twenty at Adam Azer on Twitter. Uh, no, just go to YouTube. There's plenty of people do it there. That's the, <laughs> that's do the it right in the YouTube Man, comments. One that's of these fun. days, I'm gonna have to look at the YouTube. Keith, comments. actually, there was a great. Sounds like I, some cool guys over there. I looked at. I looked. At, I wish I could remember the episode. Oh, I know which one it was. I'm gonna find a couple of YouTube comments that you're gonna like. All right, so so T Higgins and Duke Johnson, Dave, su- sum it up. Sum it up. T, and, oh, uh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, T. Higgins, the, the circumstances that he doesn't have Joe Burrow throwing to him anymore, it's going to be Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley is not a good quarterback. So I am nervous about T. Higgins. I'm not saying you should cut him. If you can trade him for anything, go ahead. But he's going to end up disappointing you. He's not going to be a reliable fantasy receiver. That's the prediction. With Duke Johnson, every time we turn to him, it's, oh, he's going to get 15 touches. And yeah, he's going to get a lot of targets. And he's got a chance. Maybe the coaches in the NFL knew what they were doing with Duke Johnson all along. And that's why Duke never had a huge opportunity. And he's just, he's not, he's not a good stat provider for fantasy managers on the planet Earth. Okay. (laughs) Okay, Heath. Uh, so we did the show with Ben Gretsch last Saturday, the mailbag show. Yeah. And, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy DeFreak wrote excellent podcast. Keep the three of you together for the love of everything good and holy. Keep Ben Gretsch and jettison the village idiot, Heath Cummings. Wow. That's excellent. <laughs> God. But then just a I few mean, comments you, later, you've got to be like a really, really like hip person to use the term village idiot. Just a few comments later, um, from Mr. No. Ben just won the audition to replace Adam. So they don't, you know, we, we both got it. We both got a little Excellent. bit there. Yeah. So you better have thick skin if you're going. It's, it's mostly me. It's mostly, you'll enjoy the YouTube comments. All right. So those are, uh, those are the losers and the winners. And uh, that's, that's that. Mega duds. We had a bunch of mega duds today, including Jamison Crowder. 
Hopefully Sam Darnold can be the cure for Jamison Crowder. But I'm going to give you some this some rest of season, this guy or this guy, and this includes either one or two mega duds. My first example is just one. Matt Ryan or Cam Newton. Cam wasn't great. Scored 20 points. One or two of them came on that last throw of the game. Probably two. Uh, so Matt Ryan, five fantasy points, or Cam Newton, 20 fantasy points today. Who would you rather have rest of season? Cam. Ryan. Okay, give me a 15-second explanation, Dave. I believe that Ryan will still have a chance to get you a bunch of numbers passing. I don't think that he's as injury, as much of an injury risk, I should say, as Cam. And uh, without looking at the schedule, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that the Falcons are going to have to throw 40-plus times game in, game out, rest of the year. Okay, Heath, 15. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking at the schedule, and Cam gets the Cardinals and the Chargers the next two weeks, so he's going to run and throw plenty, and I just think he has more upside right now than Matt Ryan does. We okay. also don't know for sure what's happening with Julio Jones. Yep, big X factor there. Okay, next one. Mega duds, rest of season. Who would you rather have, Todd Gurley, who had 29 total yards today, or Giovanni Bernard, who they had more than that but did not have a good game? Gurley or Bernard? Gurley. Um, yeah, I think. Does this I'll mean say I have Gurley. to say? Some, yeah, you're going to say Gurley too. Does this mean we have to say nice things about Gurley? No. The problem is, like, you can start Gurley probably next week against the Raiders, and you can probably start him in three weeks against the Chargers. And if you make it to the championships game, you could start him against the Chiefs. Um, and I, that's three games. That's probably more than you're going to get out of Geo. Okay. Next one, Mega Duds. Who would you rather have rest of season? Uh, waiver wire is acceptable here. Jarvis Landry or Travis Fulgham? Landry with two catches for 23 yards. Fulgham with one catch for eight yards, but at least he had seven targets. Landry had two. So who would you rather have, Jarvis Landry or Travis Fulgham? Or waiver wire? Waiver wire. I don't think I'm dropping either of these guys. Um, and that was one of the believe it or nots that we didn't do, but... I. Jarvis Landry, we haven't seen him play in weather that's not awful since Beckham went down, and he plays Jacksonville next week. And so I'm probably going to use Jarvis Landry as a number three wide receiver against Jacksonville, or or at least hold on to him. And and Fulgham's still getting some targets, and they're going to be playing Seattle next week. Yeah. I'm probably just going to hold on to these guys. If Landry is a bad game next week, will you... Bye-bye. Well, oh, yeah. either one of them. It's Joe Boo games for both of them. <laughs> Joe okay. Boo games. Perfect. Uh, yeah, and Darius Slay was on Landry. I mean, he didn't shadow him, but there was a... Uh, I had noticed a number of times where Darius Slay was on Jarvis Landry, so I don't know. Trying to stay optimistic here, but Baker Mayfield just doesn't pass the ball. I'm 22 he, he didn't passes. have a good game throwing either. Beyond the 12-22, no, oh, he missed Hooper. a couple of touchdowns. Hooper wide open. Wide open for a touchdown. Yeah, and before that, it was Harrison Bryant wide open. All right, Mega Dud, another one here. Who would you rather have? This is one Mega Dud and one Mega Stud today. Marquise Brown or Youngway Koo? <laughs> Rest of season. Who would you rather have? Marquise Brown or would you drop him or trade him for a good kicker at this point? The nice thing is if if you don't have Marquise Brown, then you won't ever accidentally start him. And so I think I'd go with Youngway Koo. Everybody wants to drop Marquise Brown. I can't. I can't say a good reason to keep him. I can't. He's super fast, and there's tons of upside, and I can't do it. 
Okay, last one. Jamison Crowder or the Steelers DST? Who would you rather have? Steelers DST. Yeah. I don't I think I'm gonna say Crowder. Like I the thing is, I wouldn't be surprised if Darnold's back in a week or in two weeks. And I'm trading Crowder for the Steelers, and then I have to go pick up another defense because I don't want to use a defense against the Ravens. Why so, would you want to use a defense against the Ravens? I don't think they're a very good matchup for defenses. Right. Well, the Steelers had 20 points Patriots against them disagree. last time, uh, right. but they did score a touchdown. They also had four sacks, two interceptions, two fumble recoveries. They had a huge game against the Ravens. Uh, that was not a good day for Lamar Jackson. Take but, your argument like, from Marquise with, Brown. Even with that game, opposing DSTs came into the week averaging 5.6 points against the Ravens in the bottom third of the league. If you don't have Crowder on your team, you can't accidentally start. Are you sure about that? Um, I just went to our fantasy points against and went to DSTs versus Ravens. Mm, I don't know. I guess it just depends on the league. All right, that's it for the Mega Duds. Let's look at, uh, we'll go to the games. Uh, we'll go to the game. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to do some reading here. I'm just going to read the top five at each position. Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert had 34 and 33 fantasy points. Awesome games for them. Herbert threw 49 passes. My goodness. Kirk Cousins is QB3 at 28 fantasy points. Phillip Rivers is QB4. And Ryan Tannehill is QB5. Watson, Herbert, Cousins, Rivers, and Tannehill. In non-PPR scoring, these are your top five running backs in week 11. Dalvin Cook. Nobody had like... Uh, I think you need to refresh or something. You missed Aaron Rodgers. What did he end up with? 27? 27. Okay, so that makes him... 27. Okay, yeah, so that makes him tied with Rivers for, for fourth and makes yep. Tannehill sixth. Thanks, Dave. Uh, running backs. So, yeah, nobody had, like, an incredible game this week, I don't think, right? I mean, I'm missing. Like, there was no 200-yard performance. Dalvin Cook led the way with 19 fantasy points. Just Pretty good. Make sure I have the lead. Yeah. Not going not gonna to kick that out of my lineup. Derrick Henry also had 19 fantasy points. A lot of it coming in overtime. Um, Melvin Gordon is number three. And Ezekiel Elliott, four. And J.K. Dobbins and Antonio Gibson tied for fifth, 16 fantasy points. Nice little day there. And um, I uh, just exited out. Okay, I'm back. Back, looking at the wide receivers now. This is a great segment, guys. Who do you think the number one wide receiver is? Adam Thielen. Keenan Allen. It is Adam Thielen, although... Well, that's Keenan Allen in PPR because Keenan Allen had eight more catches than Adam Thielen, who had eight catches. So that amazing. Keenan Allen had 16 grabs. So Adam Thielen, Demir Bird. Talk to me about Demir Bird, guys. Six catches, 132 yards at a touchdown for the Patriots. A huge game for him. Any interest there? The other top, the top five is Thielen, Bird, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson. But what do you think about Demir Bird? It was one thing when Bill Belichick would change his starting running back without telling us. But now to have Jacoby Myers play a full game in Demir Bird's jersey, um, not cool at all. <laughs> not really. Not going to big a big priority there. It's not not going to be a, a big priority for me. Okay. Tight ends. Not a bad week for tight ends actually. Mark Andrews number one. Dallas Goddard two. Hunter Henry three. He's caught a touchdown in two straight now. Robert Tunyon four and Richard Rogers five. The Eagles get two tight ends in the uh, top five. So Andrews, Goddard, Henry, Tunyon, and Rogers. And let's take a look at our games. 
Houston and New England is our first one. Houston 27, New England 20. Heath, you have a believe it or not for this one. Uh, believe it or not, James White is going to be startable in PPR now that Rex Burkhead's out. Yep, believe it. Great, and it's a great thing to bring up, too. I mean, it sucks that Rex is hurt, but A, Rex was taking work inside the red zone away from Damian Harris, which now might mean that Sony Michelle takes that work away. Maybe, hopefully not. But also, if Burkhead's not on the field, that means James White has been reborn. He's got a chance to pick up some work in the past game. Okay, remember we talked about Deshaun Watson having a bad playoff schedule. So he gets Detroit next week, and then his next three games, which would be weeks 13, 14, and 15, are the Colts, the Bears, and the Colts. So are you looking to sell high on anybody on the, t- on the Texans? The timing is wrong to do that on anybody but Watson, assuming you still have a trade deadline. Maybe and if you're gonna- Cooks. Yeah, I don't know. He he had a touchdown call back today. If if he had had a bigger day, then I think you could try selling high. Otherwise, you're just gonna. I don't know what you can get in trade for Brandon Cooks that'll make you you know have your eyeballs pop out of your head. Well, would you rather have Brandon Cooks or a Steelers wide receiver? Steelers wide receiver. All three of them. Uh, yes. Brandon Cooks has been pretty amazing. <laughs> I think I'd take Cooks over. See, that's the thing. I'd, pro- I'd probably take Cooks over Juju right now because I think Juju's hurt. Um, but if Juju's hurt, then I wouldn't take Cooks over Claypool or Johnson for sure. Okay. All right, Carolina 20 and Detroit 0. Carolina dominated time of possession, almost 37 minutes of possession here. This was just a total dud by everybody. Except Hawkinson. Hawkinson was fine. Four catches for 68 yards. But, uh, Heath, do you have anything for this game? Believe it or not, for Carolina-Detroit. Believe it or not, you should maybe just start all the Panthers wide receivers because you don't know which one's going to have a big game win. I can't believe it for all three. I, I don't think the offense is good enough where there's enough to go around for all three. But I'll tell you what I said earlier today about DJ Moore. He acts as their number one receiver. He's put in position to make plays like a number one receiver typically does. He had 127 yards on seven catches. And look, Robbie Anderson, this is four games in a row now, I think. It's three or four. I think it's four in a row. Here are his yards in his last four games. 48, 63, 21, 46. And he does not have a touchdown since week one. So I I defended him, you know, tooth and nail on Monday, Tuesday, like all week. He's getting a ton of targets. Um, Teddy Bridgewater has barely been throwing lately. The yards are down. It's not It's not Anderson's fault. But I don't know. This felt a little bit more troubling. There was no time of possession issue. Like I said, they had the ball for 37 minutes. Um, Walker threw for 258 yards. And Anderson was far and away the third best. Like, he was much farther behind. He was definitely far behind Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. He just was bad today. Well, he Did was, you, in ter- yes, in terms of yards. Um, yeah. Not in terms of targets or catches. No, but it's at some point it's like he's got to start doing a little more with it. I don't know. I don't know. What do you like? What do you think about Robbie Anderson? I think he's a number three. Like the thing is, as good as DJ Moore's been the last two weeks, the two weeks before that he had two catches, and DJ yeah. Moore has this was the second game that he has since week two with more than five catches. So I just I don't think. It's one of those things where we're going to go two or three weeks in a row. We went two or three weeks in a row where Robbie Anderson was by far the best Carolina wide receiver. 
Now we've gone two or three weeks in a row where Robbie Anderson's really not producing very four, much. Four weeks. I have to bring that up. I'm not trying to like nitpick, but because I wasn't really I said worried. Two or three, and you're saying four. Well, okay. it's a big. It's, I think it's a big difference. I mean, I wasn't all that worried after two or three. I it, I'm a little more worried now. I I feel like I don't want to do people a disservice by just poo-pooing the struggles of Robbie Anderson. I, you know, I feel bad when I'm sitting here saying, "Oh, it's no big deal. Start Robbie Anderson," and then well, he has okay, four. I'm, bad I'm talking games. in PPR solely. So in non PPR, I agree with you. But like two weeks ago, he had nine catches for 63 yards. That's not struggling. It's not four weeks in a row. But isn't that something that concerns you a little bit? Like nine catches for 63 yards, if you're just looking long term. You know, it's not very impressive. I can tell you what concerns me. What? Another game goes by where he doesn't have any red zone catches or targets. So he's still stuck at seven on the year. They've played 10 games now. And in this game, DJ Moore had two red zone targets. Curtis Samuel had three. They've been using Curtis Samuel more, not just in the red zone, but inside the 10. And Robbie is clearly third in the pecking order when it comes to that. They are coming up with ways to utilize Moore and Samuel in those um, situations that provide touchdowns. So let me add, let me finish. Let me finish with this. Robbie Anderson and the Cowboys top two receivers. How would you rank them? Oh, Cooper Lamb Anderson. Same. All right. Cleveland 22, Philadelphia 17. Adam, I might be at the point where I'll take Curtis Samuel ahead of Robbie Anderson. Wow. Cleveland 22, Philadelphia 17. Well, Heath already gave us the Travis Fulgham one. Let's let's do a let's do a Miles Sanders. Well, let's talk about Miles Sanders here. He got off to such a great start, even with that fumble. Ends up with a pretty disappointing game. 66 yards rushing, 15 receiving yards on three catches, and a fumble. Any concerns about Miles Sanders? Hmm. <laughs> I guess that means no. Well, no, I was more thinking about it. Um, he, he definitely, you, you've got to ding him for the offensive line being bad. And the offense in general. The yeah. offense in general is not great, although he might be the best part of it, and he needs more usage in it. And I think I read something during the day today that Boston Scott kept getting work in the red zone. Is that true? I, I didn't, didn't watch. No, I didn't notice the Eagles that. Rep chat. I I don't I don't know how much they were in the red zone, but uh, no. I look. I, mean, I can I can tell you how many red zone snaps Miles Sanders played today. I thought really Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. If you look at his schedule, he has had a pretty tough schedule. He really has faced a lot of. He hasn't faced any like cupcakes really. Or maybe I don't know. Maybe one. I'm and, not thinking and, about sitting Miles. Sanders. He's been great. I think I, he's. I'm, yeah. Good. I'm very worried. He's not even from this point forward, going to justify what you paid for him. He's played two red zone snaps today. Yeah, how many did Boston Scott play? I have to look it up and see. Scott got eight touches. That's that's the most he's had in any game that he's played with Miles Sanders this year. It's really not that many. Okay, so Miles Sanders or Nick Chubb? Chubb. Chubb. Even in PPR, Chubb has three catches this year. Yes. Okay. Then oh boy, what one two three four five six six red zone snaps for Boston Scott today, including a lot in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I just don't know that I like at the end of the game. At the end of the game when they were down two scores or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
But still, I'd like those plays to go to Miles Sanders. I'd like him to have the chance to get some garbage time. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Kareem Hunt had 13 carries for 11 yards and a touchdown and one catch. He doesn't really catch the ball that much. Uh, You know, usually more than one. But I don't know. Do you ever hesitate to start Kareem Hunt? No. I don't think you should. Then let's go to our next game, unless you think that it is worth talking about Kaderil Hodge. No. No. Pittsburgh 27, Jacksonville 3. I'm believe it or not, you should feel okay starting James Conner. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I believe that. I feel okay starting James Conner. I don't feel I thought good. you'd you'd say you should feel okay starting James Robinson. <laughs> Me too. I thought you were heading toward the Jacksonville run game. Yeah. I feel much, like much better? better starting James Robinson than James Conner. Fine, but I wouldn't say either one is you know you you put them in your lineup and you go to sleep without any question or concern, even mild concern. James Why not about James Robinson, Dave? Hasn't has James Robinson been Why? I don't like the two targets and I'm worried that things could start to go really south for Jacksonville. Like they keep, haven't they've won losing? one game all season long. <laughs> I know, but They've been worse. They've uh, been competitive because of James Robinson. His three having games, big games. Yeah, his three games before this, he was you're averaging a little bit. Yards you're not, a game. You're not a little bit worried about him. Just a For little. I'm, I'm still starting him. I'm He's not been, saying sell high or trade or anything like that. I'm just saying a little bit. Uh, I'd rather have James you, Robinson than Alvin Kamara. What did you say? I'd rather have James Robinson and Alan Kamara and not be I said yeah. that like he was absolutely like not. Was you did not words. just say that. I you did not just say that. Wait a second. What did you just say? And not be pure. I I think we've got a bet here. A bet. I mean, like you the can thing ask is, Kamara. I don't know, well, I don't know when well, for the time that Taysom Hill is starting quarterback. I should have said it. Again. Fine. Deal. Bet is on. Uh, this is like I don't want to. I bet. I guarantee you, the winner of the bet gets to buy me dinner. (laughs) I guarantee you, Alvin Kamara has a catch next week. They're gonna get that back in the game plan. Alvin Kamara is, but Alvin Kamara has been well behind James Robinson in terms of what they do in the running game. Alvin Kamara is so much better than he is. So good. He's a jaw dropping player. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry for taking us on this detour because I don't think anybody's learning anything. No, it's just fun. Um, I see where you're coming from. You're probably going to get more touches when Taysom Hill is playing from James Robinson than uh, than Alvin Kamara, but I will certainly take Kamara in non-PPR. But Robinson, I guess, I, in my opinion, I'm, I came out of this game encouraged because we were talking about this gauntlet of a schedule, and he held up pretty well at 94 total yards. You'd like, you'd like more receiving totals, right? He had no catches in one game. Two catches in one game and two catches in one game. Now that's three games with four catches and uh, nine targets, I think, with Jake Luton. Right, but Cleveland Gardner Minshew back. Yeah, because he got Baltimore and Chicago in weeks fifteen and sixteen. So we were a little worried about the schedule, but I think you're you're going to take what nineteen touches and ninety four total yards against Pittsburgh. That's that's pretty encouraging. Uh, Tennessee at Baltimore. Are we done with that game, brother? Uh, Eric Ebron touchdown there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> he touched down for Eric Ebron and uh good game good game for him. Tennessee 30, Baltimore 24. 
By the way, there were people listening just then that probably didn't understand what we were laughing at. Yeah, that's okay. The, that's the, okay. The diehards Let's get just it. leave it. Yeah. Leave it. Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee 30, Baltimore 24. Anything here? Oh, let Heath, I got one, if you don't mind. You don't mind? No. Okay, good. Believe it or not, Corey Davis is a must-start wide receiver. In three receiver PPR leagues? I believe it. And yeah. I mean, he has been. Okay. Look, he's he's is he any different than any other non-obvious stud receiver who will sometimes give big weeks and sometimes give not so big weeks? He is. I know that eleven fantasy points in a PPR league is not something that you like strive for. I think it's what Robbie Anderson scored today. It yeah, it's it's not great, but Corey Davis has eleven or more fantasy points in PPR every week except for one. Every week. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a really good floor. And they've had some tough matchups lately. And other than the Chicago game where he didn't have a catch, he's been fine. In fact, he's he's been, you know, really good um in some of them. So okay. All right, cool. Uh anything else, Heath? Anything in Baltimore or any else, anything else? No. Ten- All right. Okay. Wanna make sure we didn't miss anything. He's your- the leading receiver for Baltimore today. Yeah. Among the wide receivers. Heath, I know Dave talked about Dobbins as a winner. Real quick, what's your confidence level in, in J.K. Dobbins? Four. Um, not so much in him, but just in that like this one game definitely means that everything's changed in terms of how they distribute touches. Um, but if they give him this type of workload rest of season, it would be like an eight. Okay. Washington 20, Cincinnati 9. You did the whole thing about all the Bengals are droppable. So let's talk about Washington here. Dave, thoughts on Gibson and McKissick. Gibson with his second best game of the year. 16 carries, 94 yards, and a touchdown. One catch for 10 yards. McKissick luckily had six catch- six carries for 43 yards because he only had three catches for 26 yards. And this is a much different game. They were winning. They were leading for a while. Alex Smith only threw 25 passes. But what do you think about the uh, running backs? I think that there are two types of game scripts in play for Washington each week. There's the one where Antonio Gibson gets a lot of work and he's their running downs guy. And those are the games that Washington probably is leading or winning. And then there's the games where they're trailing and Alex Smith is just dinking away. And that's where you see JD McKissick rack up the targets and catches. And it just so happened this week that they were, they, they got off to a good start and then they fell behind at halftime. And then Joe Burrow got hurt and Ryan Finley came in and Washington went ahead and scored every other point remaining in the game. Would you rather have Antonio Gibson or James Conner rest of season? Gibson. I think that's a good one. I think I may lean toward Gibson because A, I believe Washington's going to be competitive for a bunch of their games. And he like I came into this game thinking Gibson a little bit of a touchdown dependent running back. Very, but, very. Yeah. You were I right. I think he had 65 or fewer yards in like all but one game yes. this year. Or certainly recently. Total yards. No, you're, you're 100% right. This was his second game with more than, maybe his third, his third game this year with more than 65 total yards. But I, I'm sure that the coaching staff is confident in him to be their lead running back at this point. He can still do something in the passing game, even in games where J.D. McKissick gets a lot of targets. They played and basically the same amount of snaps, by the way. Gibson. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned that Connor, despite the workload that he had today against Jacksonville, 
could end up seeing his workload decline because the coaching staff in Pittsburgh wants to make sure that he stays fresh for the playoffs and that he may not be very effective and they want to get other guys involved. I right, think that's going to happen in Washington. Next game is New Orleans 24 and Atlanta 9. And uh, Young Way Koo was the best Falcon, I guess. Calvin Ridley was pretty good. Five catches, 90 yards. Heath, anything on... Oh, you had to, believe it or not, Taysom Hill over Lamar Jackson. You want to give us uh, anything else, sir? Um, We talked about Todd Gurley. We talked about Matt Ryan. We don't know if Julio... Like, I think we pretty much talked about everything on this game. It, Michael Thomas was targeted heavily. 12 targets. How many th- passes for Taysom Hill? 23 passes, and 12 of them went to Michael so, Thomas. 51% target share. Yeah, but, okay, you could look at that, but you could also say, let's just say it's 30 target, 30% target share. Taysom Hill's not going to throw that much. I mean, what should we do with, with Michael Thomas? Buy, sell, hold right now. I wouldn't I, mind selling if somebody thinks that he's back to what he was. I hold. Rest of season, would you rather have Calvin Ridley or Michael Thomas? Probably still Ridley. Ridley. Okay. Russell Gage, any interest? 12 targets, 7 catches, 58 yards. His first two games that he played without Julio Jones were total crap. Any interest in Gage? Not really. Mm-hmm. All right. Just wanted to gauge your interest there. Psh, damn, crushed it. Uh... All right. Los Angeles Chargers, 34. Jets, 28. Joe Flacco. Not bad. 18 fantasy points here. And LeMichael P. Ryan scored a rushing touchdown. Frank Gore, the, the rushing touchdown. The, the Chargers defense is no good, folks. folks. Um, what do we got here, Heath? Anything? Anything fun? Um, Believe it or not, Keenan Allen is a top five wide receiver rest of the season. Believe. You could do better than that. I'm going to give you another you chance. Can add, you can do something on the Jets that's better than that. You can do Mike Williams, too. Like Mike Williams would be good. What do you got for him? Um, believe it or not, Mike Williams, the top 24 wide receiver rest of the season. <laughs> Who are we talking about earlier? Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks or Mike Williams? Cooks. I put Cooks ahead of Williams. I would put, would I put Corey Davis ahead of Mike Williams? That's a tougher one, but I think I would do it. But I think they're kind of, they're, they're, they're close. I guess Corey Davis has the safer floor. So that would give him the nudge over, over Mike Williams. He is really coming on strong, though. He's had three massive games in his last four. 99 yards and a touchdown, 81 yards, no touchdown, and 72 yards and a touchdown. And he had a bad game at Miami. Where really, the whole offense, except Balazs, I guess, had a, had a pretty bad game. Uh, and I just kept... You remember, we were saying, like, he's throwing... Herbert is throwing for too many yards for Mike Williams to not be good. So those long passes to Jalen Guyton, you know, they're, they're Mike Williams. Mike Williams is getting that production now. I don't know. Maybe just enjoy the ride. Johnson had a 54-yard grab. Yeah. Game. Just enjoy the ride. He's he's having a good second half. Hopefully it continues. Uh, Jamison Crowder, is that what you want to talk about, Dave? No, Mims and Perryman. Go for it. Believe it or not, Denzel Mims and Brashad Perryman should be rostered. I started Perryman in, I think, three leagues today. I did, too. Um, nice. And it didn't, like, I, I got, feel like I got really, really lucky and yeah, yeah. Sam Darnold's so. coming back, and they get the Dolphins' corners next week. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Okay, but I, I coming into this week, I really liked what I saw in film from both of these receivers. I do worry about what they what what their targets will look like from Darnold 
versus Flacco because Flacco just doesn't care. He just wants to go out there and throw the ball. All right, Denver 20, Miami 13. Heath Cummings. Um, Melvin Gordon is a number two running back again. Lindsey started. I'm just going to talk this out. I, I think Melvin played okay, obviously, and the two touchdowns were great. He was all, yeah. He Well, the those runs, anyway, were beastly. If they're going to continue to split rushing downs work and Melvin takes care of short yardage goal line and obvious passing situations, then I think he's the better running back of the two. And we just kind of have to deal with him as a number two running back just in general. But Lindsay started, it looked like they were alternating series to begin the series. So like Lindsay gets, you know, first, second down, and then Melvin comes in. And then the next series, it's Melvin starting it. And then when it's a passing situation, it's not like Lindsay's in there. It's Melvin Gordon in there. Gordon also had a fumble, kept on playing. Dave, what do you think? Is he a number two running back? He's a number two running back. I'm I'm just talking it out. Yeah. This I don't is know. Where I'm man. like at home when no microphone. He's is got on. one catch in his last three games. He had 15 carries today. So did Philip Lindsay, who had Lindsay had 16. I can't see them combining for 31 carries too often. They were winning basically the whole game. Um, what do you think, Heath? I think he's a number two running back after this coming game against uh, Saints. The Saints. Yeah. yeah. You get the Chiefs, the Panthers, the Bills, and the Chargers after that. I, I'd say he'll be a number two running back during that stretch. Okay. Not a great day for Savan Ahmed, but game script wasn't great. And he did have five catches. That was actually encouraging. But 12 carries, 43 yards, five catches. Also missed a little bit of time with injury. Uh, three of his five catches, one thing about Ahmed, three of his five catches came from Ryan Fitzpatrick in the fourth quarter. But yeah, he was still involved when the game script changed. Dallas 31, Minnesota 28. We got two games left here. Let's finish strong, Heath. What do we got? Dallas and Minnesota. Yeah, believe it or not, Kirk Cousins is just a starting fantasy quarterback. He's got to be considered in the streaming conversation. You got to like the matchups against Carolina and Jacksonville over the next couple of weeks. After that, it gets kind of ugly. So if you used him by some miracle this week, good for you. 44% started. That's great. That's amazing. I thought it would be a lot lower. That number is going to be higher next week and the week after. It is higher than CeeDee Lamb, by the way, and started in 30% of leagues. <laughs> that's, okay, that's fine. Um, he, he's, he, he could make the cut of a top 12 quarterback in weeks 12 and 13. So okay. I believe it. What about you, Heath? Um, yeah, I'm, he'll be in that range. I'd say he's still a number two. Um, the, the volume still concerns me. He's not going to, like, we know he's not going to average 10 yards per attempt or have a 10% touchdown rate very often. Even this game, he threw 30 passes. So I, I think he's still a number two quarterback. You know, I, I think- disagree on the yards per attempt. Obviously the touchdowns, I agree with you on, but remember the Vikings defense. And I think you could tell by the, the score of this game, they're not very good either. And so that's going to force cousins to have to take the snap and drop back a little bit more. They can't just have Dalvin cook do all the dirty work. But, but the, what I was saying was the, the games where like, this was a game where he threw a bunch, he threw 30 times. <laughs> that's, but I'm that's good with that. I'm good well with that. Below league cousins. average. Fine. I'm still good with it from him, considering who his receivers are. By the way, like I said, there were like three amazing catches in this game. The the touchdown, the first touchdown to Adam Thielen was just unbelievable. It might be the catch of the year. 
Okay, and uh, yeah, like I was going to say, Justin Jefferson, you know, this was a game where we could have thought, people could have thought, well, Cowboys aren't going to put up much of a fight. Their run defense is terrible. You're not going to get a lot of, from Kirk Cousins. So I was interested to see what Jefferson's star percentage was and is 91%. And people are just starting him. All right, last game, Colts 34, Packers 31. Great game, exciting game. Critical mm-hmm. fumble in overtime from MVS. Heath, finish it off here. What do we got? Colts and, and the uh, Well, we already Packers. did the Colts with Jonathan Taylor. Right. Um, I don't know if I have one for a Packers. Believe like, it or not, Robert Tunyon is a top 12 fantasy tight end. He, I'm sure over the next, um, what do we have, six weeks left? Sure. Yeah. I, I feel very confident he is going to be a top 12 tight end between two and three of those weeks. That many times. Two to two to three weeks as a top 12 tight Maybe two was a better number. Um, I, but, might, I might set the over-under at one and a half. Yeah. Okay, well, would you rather have Tunyon or Ebron? Ebron. I think I'd rather have Ebron. Tunyon or Fant? They both stink. (laughs) (laughs) I'd probably rather have Fant. I think I'd rather have Fant, too. Okay, and then worth noting, eight targets for Devontae Adams today. That is now the third time in his last 19 games, including the postseason, that he had fewer than 10 targets. And in one of the three games, he left with an injury. So very shocking that he only got, and you know, not really a very good game for Devonta Adams. Only 106 yards and a touchdown. So that is it for fantasy football today. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, good luck for the remainder of Week 11. We will talk to you Monday with five big topics from around the NFL. Make sure you are listening to fantasy football today in five as well. For Heath and Dave and Ben Trager, I'm Adam. Talk to you tomorrow.